Cultivating Place is proud to receive support from the American Horticultural Society, celebrating 100 years of trusted, high-quality gardening and horticultural information since 1922. This is Cultivating Place. I'm Jennifer Jewell. This week we celebrate and say farewell to the fullness of summer at its calendar end with Labor Day weekend in full view here in the U.S. We do this with some moving and wonderful sounds of a summer concert series not only held in, but inspired by a remarkable urban garden. The Cap Radio Garden at Sac State is a garden of season and meaning in downtown Sacramento, California. We're in conversation with Jennifer Reason, musician, classical music host, and summer concert series director, as well as with CAP Radio's garden coordinator, Nicole McDavid. They each remind us just how much one garden can hold, no less than the breadth and depth of our planet's seasonal faces and our own expressions of humanity in grief, in community, and in joy. Welcome to Cultivating Place, Jennifer and Nicole. I am so pleased to be in conversation with you about this garden and this concert series it was the host to. Thank you. Thanks for having us. So I am going to start with uh, each of you just giving me a little bit of uh, an abstract you know, I, I call it a mission statement sometimes, but maybe it's also an intention. Maybe it's an organizing principle of what your current work has to do with plants or gardens. And um, I'll start with uh, you, Jennifer, as the host of this summer concert series, and then I will go to Nicole. So, Jen, how does your life's work intersect with plants right now? Well, you know, Jennifer, I think that you nailed it on the head when you said it's an intersection of art, this this tendency to gravitate towards the cultivating of, of plants. I think that music has been made outside for as long as humans have known how to make it. Yeah. You know, it's like the, the rhythms of the universe type of thing. I think it, it it's all, it's all out there in nature. So to go outside to create, um, I think you're exactly right. It's a very natural tendency. So I've been performing outside in lovely settings really, really since I was a child, be it totally natural and uncultivated by humans, say, say a forest or a more wild setting. And then of course, lots and lots of performances in a more cultivated garden or artistically created outdoor space. So I think music has always, as I said, intersected really, really well with, with plants. And what about you, Nicole? Can you give us that same sort of abstract distilled mission? Um, but initially came to mind with just us um, having this conversation today was a reminder of how I got started with working outside, especially working in a garden setting. And I, um, I started by actually needing to be outside as my own kind of self-care um, after going to college and getting my degree in music therapy and actually using my outside time as kind of time for self-care in that I could 
I could think about like my sessions and my clients and I needed kind of me space in order to go over what we did plan for the next time. Um, kind of really uh, sit with like what happened in sessions and working outside, getting my hands dirty, um, actually seeing something, you know, grow after I planted it was um, kind of really what I needed in order to work professionally as a music therapist. And um, over the years, um, you know, just with life changes, music therapy kind of left my um professional world, but gardening, working as an urban farmer, really becoming uh, more educated and knowledgeable about uh, my own food systems and how I relate with um, all of that around me and how I contribute or don't contribute to the things that I, you know, I want to um, support. All of that has kind of turned into being able to um, to work as the um, garden coordinator and to really kind of see the fruits of my labor, be that um, actual produce that I'm harvesting and I'm donating or see that I'm having really, really interesting conversations with volunteers and students who help out in the garden. And so it's, it's been quite a, a journey. Well, and this concert series seems like a beautiful full circle mm -hmm. of bringing your music therapy into your horticultural productivity, but also horticultural therapy, right? Definitely. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So um, you have taken us right into uh, my next question, in fact, and so we'll we'll move back to, to Jen for a second. You know, take us back a little bit. How did you come to do the work that you do? And briefly bring us up to how you then find yourself curating this beautiful summer concert series um, just get us to that moment where it begins and then we'll we'll move forward from there after that sure so I was lucky enough to be born to a piano teacher so music was was my path whether I liked it or not <laughs> you know <laughs> as a child so there's there's five of us siblings at home and we all we all had piano lessons as long as we were living in the house that was the house rule so two of the <laughs> <laughs> two of the five gravitated towards professional artistic careers so my mom is very very happy about that but um so yeah, I studied I studied music my whole life. My degree is in classical piano, and I've been performing and studying and working in music um, really my entire life. I stumbled on radio quite a bit by accident. Um, mm. I was giving an interview actually for a show that I was about to be doing in the area. And after the interview, they called me not to talk more about the show, but to say, have you ever considered um, being on radio, we like your voice. We think that you would be a great host, and I had not considered it. So, mm. so I gave it a shot as a sub, and eventually they offered me my own daily hosting show. So that was a perfect dovetail because I'd already established kind of a professional career in music as a performer. So I'm mm -hmm. able to bring guest artists that I already work with as colleagues in the community. Um, I'm already established in that scene. So to bring people to the radio to then have live broadcasts and live concerts and that sort of thing is very natural and um, mm -hmm. is pretty easy. So we have this gorgeous garden setting that's just begging to have music made into it. So, right. yeah, it's perfect. So, uh 
And so that very first uh, radio position was at Capitol Public Radio in Sacramento. Sure was. And about how many years ago was that? That was three years. So we're still kind of new on this journey. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. So now I'm going to move over to you, Nicole. Uh, give us that same, I mean, you, you, you started us in how you've come to find yourself there. Give us a little bit of information about uh, how you came to be the, the garden coordinator there and a little bit of history on that garden, what it, why it was initially created and we'll go from there. Sure. I actually became part of the Cap Radio family before I knew that there was a garden um, at the station. My um, husband is also an employee at Capital Public Radio, and we moved from Chicago to Sacramento for um, him to take that job. While he interviewed, I got to roam the office building and walked out, like literally right out through reception (laughs) into this beautiful space. And I'm like, this is pretty amazing. Um, There were, I think it was um, probably January at the time. So it was probably a little gray and a little cool, but there was still like life Mm -hmm. out there in um, the garden. And I roamed it and said, wow, this would be really fun. Maybe I could, um, volunteer or, you know, find out more about this space. It ended up being this, um, this very large, large project that, um, Uh, cap radio had taken on um to kind of create an outdoor um space an outdoor extension of a lot of the storytelling that um reporters were already you know tapping into uh you know, important issues in the Sacramento Valley, be that uh, water conservation, uh, health of our environment, and then also food, you know, insecurity in our neighborhoods, and then maybe the need for um, education to um, just be generally secure in our larger food systems. And the idea that they had the space where people could tour, um, people like myself could just walk in and, you know, take, you know, 20 minutes just to chill outside. Mm. Um, You know, it was, it was a really uh, just walking in immediately. I knew it was um, a very special space. And um, at the time the garden was um, being kind of run by their um, events um, coordinator. And once, you know, I found out who that was, said, hey, I have this history of, you know, gardening. Can I volunteer? How can I become involved? Uh, or how can I be involved? Um, the idea of them being able, of Caprido being able to carve out a little mini position um, as a, for a garden coordinator specifically to spend, you know, specific hours just in the garden, yeah. that planting or working with students, helping to lead tours kind of that little uh, job was you know, able to come together and I was able to um, apply and be accepted. And I've been doing the work for about three and a half seasons now. 
That's great. So describe the garden a little more uh, in detail so people get a sense of how big it is and, and what all it includes in terms of plant types and then maybe gathering spaces so we can visualize where our concerts are about to start taking place. Sure. Well, um, the interesting um, maybe first place to start is that our building is naturally curved. It's our, our office building is kind of a half circle and um, kind of mm. an interesting uh, structure. You know, you, you kind of just think of an office building or, an, um, you know, a station just being this square box. And it wasn't. It's this kind of curved building. And um, before the garden was there, it just emptied into a grass field that Sac State um, landscaping and grounds just came and mowed every so often and watered by sprinklers and that's it. Um, a, a few board members and then um, uh, I think members of CAF Radio got together and said, you know, maybe there's a better use of this space. And they decided a garden, a community space, um, um, a place where, you know, students and the public and members and also staff could, you know, come in and either learn or actually, you know, hands-on take part in um, helping, you know, contribute to, you know, pruning perennial plants or actually putting, you know, a cauliflower start in the ground and then watching it, you know, mature into a edible thing a couple months later, uh, you know, that idea just blossomed really. And it actually completed uh, the circle of the building. So our garden is actually the rest of the circle. Um, so we have three raised bed, uh, I guess three layers. It's almost like a target. <laughs> um, so there's like three layers uh, within the circle and they're raised beds about you know, hip high, the beds are wide enough. So, and hip high for a reason, we want people to be able to walk out in the garden and actually take a seat and stay. Um, and then also mm. if there's music mm. in the garden or if we have speakers, then the edges of the beds are our seating. Um, or if someone's coming out there for a meeting, they don't have to haul chairs out into the space. They just, you know, cuddle up next to a, a plant of their choosing. Um, yeah. <laughs> and um, it's about, uh, it's circular. So it's a little odd to kind of think of like how big the, like acreage is, but it's about a three quarter acre space when you think of all of the raised bed, um, wow. like uh, mm -hmm. real estate. And then um, also kind of in the back corner, we have um, uh, four honey beehives um, oh, near the hives, the kind of garden kind of continues to curve over and it has a um about a 16 tree um orchard all of it is pretty closely planted and, and very intensive because our you know we wanted to fill the space mm -hmm. as much as possible but also to mirror you know if someone has a backyard space um a lot of homes don't have three quarter acres of, of garden space plus patio space in the back. And so to be able to show kind of how maybe much food um, or even perennial plants you can fit in a small space, that was definitely another goal of the garden. Um, currently we're in our, you know, our summer season. Uh, so 
Our raised beds are filled with zucchini and summer, other summer squash. We have, you know, tomatoes and peppers and eggplants and okra, basil, all of, all of the good stuff. Um, plus many, many weeds because they, you know, they just blow in and stay. Um, our, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, gah, yeah. what, what a great space. And it, it's interesting to me because I started my program on public radio because it was so important to me to try and find a voice for gardens that wasn't a two-dimensional visual image that reduces, I think, for me, gardening to what it looks like as opposed to what it means or what it uh, what it embodies. And I find that it's easier to capture that through people's voices in stories rather than through an image. And this uh, coming together of the public radio with a garden for people to gather in and for educational purposes is just a, a beautiful um complement of the two together. And in 2018, I actually did a program on cultivating place with Kevin Jordan at uh, the high school that collaborates or did at that time with CAP Public Radio to have students come into the garden. So that was the first time I'd heard about it. But Jen, I want to move back to you. And, you know, for you being not the garden coordinator, being a worker bee, you know, uh, a professional musician, what, at what point did you begin to make use of the garden either personally or for your, your work pieces? And what did, what does having a garden there mean for you? Honestly, it's one of the greatest perks of working there. That's not hyperbole. I love that garden. I go out there multiple times every single day. I come from a very outdoorsy family. So I, I like to be out in the sun. Mm -hmm. I like, like Nicole said, I like to get my hands dirty very much. Just be out in nature away from the lights and the air conditioning and the, the office space. So to just be able to walk out the door into this gorgeous, gorgeous place where there's flowers and there's there's all these vegetables and it's like you can feel it buzzing with with life and it smells so good and there's shady areas and there's sunny areas and it's just a healthy recharging place to be so I probably go out there every other hour every day so <laughs> it's it's just such a blessing this is Cultivating Place. As Labor Day weekend comes into view here in the U.S., we're visiting the Cap Radio Garden at Sac State in Sacramento, California, celebrating the season in conversation with Jennifer Reason, musician, classical music host, and summer concert series director there at Capitol Public Radio, as well as with Cap Radio's garden coordinator, Nicole McDavid. We'll be right back with both of them. Stay with us. Cultivating Place is made possible in part by listeners like you and by support from the American Horticultural Society. As the AHS turns 100, their focus on quality horticultural information is more needed than ever. In the past years, the society has doubled down on integrating science, education, 
social responsibility, environmental stewardship, community, and joy in our gardening world, with their programs, reciprocal admissions at public gardens, and their in-depth journal, The American Gardener. Listeners of Cultivating Place receive a $10 discount on annual individual membership to the AHS. So, For your annual membership to the American Horticultural Society for the special Cultivating Place rate of just $25 a year, head on over to www.ahsgardening.org forward slash CP. No matter how old we are, there's always more to learn about growing. Hey, It's Jennifer. When I think about the Cap Radio Garden at Sac State in Sacramento, California, the capital city of one of the largest states in the U.S., I have to ask, what would our world look like, sound like, taste like, if all public spaces took a little bit of their unused, unloved, unseen, and yet overfed and overwatered and mown lawn or neglected gravel bars and made a space for food, for gathering, for bees and birds and all other kinds of music. What would our world feel like then? A little better, I'd wager. And Cap Radio's Garden at Sac State makes for mellifluous evidence in support of that wager. I think you agree. How do we make this happen, people? How do we make this happen? We're back now to our conversation with Jennifer Reason, musician, classical music host, and summer concert series director at Capital Public Radio in Sacramento, California. We're also in conversation with CAP Radio's garden coordinator, Nicole McDavid. The CAP Radio garden at Sac State is growing in relationship with some beautiful music. As we come back, we hear how the garden and its people fared during COVID shutdowns, how it made its goals of produce grown and donated back into the community, and how the garden eventually became the site of the powerful 2021 summer concert series. I was considered an essential worker at the time, so I was able to continue um, going to the garden. Uh, what changed, though, was um, we really depend on um, students from Sac State and um, students from local high schools to really come and help us maintain the garden, doing the planting mm. about two to two and a half times a year, because um, we do keep the garden producing year round. Um, and to all of the sudden, you know, have students start in February and then have to say, you know, we'll get back to you when we can invite you back um, to the space and have that be now a year and a half and we have not had student volunteers in the space. Um, it was it was quite a shock and all of a sudden, you know, the garden really needed to be maintained differently, but also, um, you know, let uh, we let a little more wild back into the space mm-hmm. uh, just because it, it had to be. It was really only myself 
Um, and then uh, I definitely always still had the support of um, staff members at Cap Radio, but you know, like you, uh, you were correct in um, talking about how the office itself definitely closed down. We only had, you know, a very limited, limited amount of um, staff in the building, and we definitely, you know, kept spaced and masked and all of that. And so, definite, um, you know, volunteers and just movement in the garden yeah. definitely declined a whole bunch. Yeah, yeah. Uh, though, do uh, we were still able to keep up? Um, planting and um, producing and so we last year and this year we are still kind of on target with our um, kind of monthly donations in pounds of produce and so we've still been able to keep our goal of meeting about um, uh, 2,000 pounds a year um, donated and so I was still able to hit that number last year even though it was it was a lot more work on (laughs) my end and and less work less uh, less help on the other end. So Jen, what about you? Did you have any um, interaction with the garden over the pandemic and when you were not able to go in? And then let's move right into at what point did you come up with or did someone come up with the idea of this concert series? Sure. So I actually was also considered an essential employee. So I actually haven't missed a day. So yay. But I think the garden was particularly just kind of good for my soul. As Nicole was saying, it's been very empty at the station. And my, my booth is at the very end of the half circle. So it's even more isolated. Mm. So, you know what I mean? It's like, by the time you get down that section of the hall, they don't even really need to turn all the lights on. So (laughs) (laughs) a little grim, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's grim. It was dark and it was quiet and it honestly kind of cold. So is my my friends were the plants yeah. out in the garden. So I would do a break or I would have a long a long piece or a long symphony or something, and I would head straight outside at my favorite little places to sit. Um, there's a lovely kind of archway bower place that has kiwi vines on it that's just divine. So um, the garden was particularly important while we were kind of lonely and isolated, but still at the station. So grateful to have that. So that is actually kind of how the concert series was born. It was always hand in hand with the garden. We had the idea, and I I in particular, as a musician who lost all of my work for the whole year, you know, and all of my colleagues were completely destitute as well. So we said, hey, you know, like we have we have a microphone here, we have a station, we have shows, we have the ability to reunite the audience with the live music that we've so missed and so craved. And partly we can do that because we have this giant garden space. Um, Perhaps it's not safe or not allowed to be indoors in a recording session or indoors in the booths, but we absolutely have the technology to record outside. We're you know, the garden is close enough to the doors, as Nicole said, that we can just run the snakes out there and um, record from inside, but the artists are outside and um, everyone stays safely distanced. So it really started at that place that it was going to provide a safe outdoor space where there was moving air and we could be six feet apart and we weren't violating company policy by having guests inside. And it just blossomed. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) 
use the perfect word, right. into this very inspirational space of, oh my God, we're making music among all of these plants. It's the first time a lot of us have been together. And to have that happen outside in such a magical place was just, there kind of are no words. Right. So it, I, I think what I just heard you say is that it started with inviting people to play and then did it coalesce into this idea of doing a series for a, a six-week series of these concerts all together? It started as a series because I wanted to in, invite as many people as possible, really, you know, because we were it's just as much for the artists as it is for the audience. So I thought, okay, if we have six ensembles, we could kind of do a summer special um, give people like appointment yeah. listening, right? Give people something to look forward to every Friday at lunchtime. You get to hear local yes. artists, you know? Yes, so yes. I kind of always approached it from that angle and was just looking for a way to make that concept work. So the way it's described on the CAP radio and my home station, North State Public Radio, which is now an affiliate of CAP Public Radio, it, it says CAP radio is bringing together music lovers with local musicians hit hard by the pandemic through our first ever summer concert series, a six-part series of one-hour radio specials and video performances. But it is even more than that. Yeah, it's this was a really special opportunity, I thought, kind of a, an aligning of all the stars. Obviously, we've we've been through the pandemic that's been so traumatizing. The earth has been ravaged. California always ravaged by the wildfires. All, all of these difficult times and also the social unrest and kind of these calls to inspect ourselves and inspect our society and the inequities therein, you know, and unfortunately, it's a bit of a reckoning for classical music in particular. It's been a very ex exclusive type of genre for probably a couple centuries now you know it's um it's exclusive it tends to be tied to the wealthy or the educated and um the primary contributors are still you know white men that lived several centuries ago and that's a problem and it doesn't mm. necessarily or doesn't at all reflect the beautiful diversity that is our community and sacramento is so diverse and there's so much talent here so in addition to everything else we were facing it was kind of the perfect time to highlight the diversity here and the diversity in artists and their struggles and give them a time to speak and give them a time to be heard and bring their gifts and mm. and yeah just just talk about the issues at hand because art and music is such a great vehicle for those conversations. So, yeah, it really is. And I, I would say the exact same thing is true of horticulture yeah. and the, the, you know, the mainstream garden world as perceived by media. Uh, it, it looks one way when in fact the actuality is that everybody gardens and every culture across time and space, every socioeconomic level, every political party, we all garden and we all love music. Amen. And so, um, right. So this, this really has been such a beautiful synthesis of, a, you know, not solving, but addressing how do we, how do we make it differently? How do we do it differently? And so 
walk us through um, the the series to date, starting with the very first one. Ah, yes. So we started with the Chevalier string quartet, which was perfect because the series kicked off um, the day before Juneteenth. So we decided to dovetail that programming. Chevalier, the Chevalier Saint-Georges was a black violinist in the 1700s, which at this point, most people haven't heard of him because, you know, who wrote the history books, if you will. Um, So there's a a quartet here that formed to honor him. And they did a program of entirely black composers. The, The quartet has two black members. They brought a guest clarinetist, Deborah Pittman, um, to play a clarinet piece, a quintet from another black composer who's been completely ignored. So that was a perfect kickoff, a perfect setting of the tone. Um, We've had two wonderful opera singers. We've had a flute and piano duo and Brennan Milton was um, a multi-instrumentalist. So he would pick up his flute, he would pick up his clarinet and had two pianists that were both um, Asian women. So they got a chance to kind of talk about Asian hate in the pandemic and the role that music has played for them as they deal with that. Um, We just heard the fifth, which was harp and flute. And oh my God, harp in the garden was just, I took so many pictures because it was such a beautiful (laughs) instrument out there in the plants. Like, (laughs) And that one really was celebrating the garden itself, right? That one was for the garden, exactly, exactly. And they played a 25 minute work in celebration of gardens. So it's just, that was, that was perfect. Yeah. And then here we are at the finale. So when the performers are performing and you are recording both audio and video, so listeners can hear the audio by going to Cat Public Radio and finding the summer concert series. They can go to the Cat Public Radio YouTube to see the video, which is really beautiful because you see the structure of the arbor you were talking about, and um, you get this sort of lovely light moving in the foliage. And um, will there be a a possible album? Will there be a Spotify like list that people could just get them all at once? How, how do people find it besides those two places? That is such a great question. We actually are in talks right now about turning it into a podcast. So hopefully we're able to move forward with that. But you can go to capradio.org slash music. And there's actually um within the summer concert series page, there's a meet the artists link and absolutely everything is there in one, right. one giant page. So all the videos, all of the audio, um, all of that. It's a great idea to build a playlist actually. So <laughs> I should get on that today. So thank you, Jennifer. This is Cultivating Place. We're visiting the Cap Radio Garden at Sac State in Sacramento, California today, celebrating the season in conversation with Jennifer Reason and Nicole McDavid. 
classical music host and summer concert series director and garden coordinator, respectively. The full six-part summer series conducted in the CAP Radio Garden at Sac State and aired on CAP Radio and North State Public Radio on Fridays this past summer is available online now in its entirety. We'll be right back for more on this garden story. Stay with us. Thinking out loud this week, another really compelling aspect of my recent travels is a reminder of just how capacious our gardens are. And this is only fortified by our last few weeks of cultivating place conversations. The one with Matthew Trum, with Owen Wormser, with Rebecca McMackinnon, today's with Cap Radio and the garden there at Sac State. Just how much of us as humans, the details and the thresholds of our lives, our gardens hold and reflect back to us. Do you know what I mean? I mean, as I traveled, people shared with me their own gardens physically, literally for book signings and for gatherings, but they told me as well of their personal and public gardens being the sacred containers in which their community had gathered to say, sit Shiva and mourn a death. How their gardens had hosted christenings and dinner parties, sprinkler games, egg hunts, book club meetings during COVID, how they had provided even a few colorful blooms to offer to another person, how they had provided a few fragrant stems of something, mint, comfrey, anything to comfort ourselves, how they had offered and provided a stoop or a rock for evening meditation beneath stars before bed. No matter how small, our gardens and our plant friends bear witness to our lives just as we bear witness to theirs. How blessed and lucky are we in this? How blessed and fortunate beyond measure. We're back now to our conversation with Jennifer Reason, musician, classical music host, and summer concert series director, as well as with garden coordinator Nicole McDavid, both at Capitol Public Radio in Sacramento, California, where the Cap Radio Garden at Sac State is growing in deep relationship with some beautiful music and some beautiful community. As we come back, we hear about future hopes and plans for the gardens, and we consider the effect of community and music on the life of plants, as well as, of course, the effect of plants on human well-being. I'm really hoping, like, I I like that we've been calling it inaugural. Um, I'm hoping that this will be a summer tradition in Sacramento at this point. And we had just kicked off a holiday concert series um, 2019 and had all sorts of plans for that to be an annual occurrence as well. And then, then of course, the pandemic happened. So hopefully, perfect world, we'll have a summer concert series and a holiday concert series every year. And final question for you, when when the artists are performing, are there uh, live audience members listening or is it just staff uh, and, you know, technical support? 
this time around, there was no live audience just due to the fact that we're not allowed to have um, guests at the station at this time until lockdown is totally lifted. Um, so that, there was no one there at that time. But ideally, yes, it will always have a live audience of some kind just for that symbiotic energy and yeah. experience. And yet mm -hmm. there must have been, um, when these performers were working and you were recording, there must have been people who were walking by and could hear it or, you know, I, I don't know. I, I feel like the bees were listening. The birds were listening, yes. you know? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And it was so wonderful too, to see the artists in the garden, like their eyes would get all wide and they'd walk around exploring. Some of them had never played outside before. Wow. Um, and so to, to have watched them experience our garden for the first time was really something special. And so, Nicole, I want to move back to you as the, you know, the, the, the caretaker and the steward of this garden. Tell me a little bit about what it's been like for you to have this concert series come together in this space that you shepherd on such a daily basis, especially after the intensity of uh, how hard you've been working in the pandemic. And yeah, just talk to us about that experience. Uh, well, when the idea was, um, when they were, uh, I was approached about the idea of having like people back in the garden, right. one of the first questions was like, is the garden ready? And I'm like, <laughs> the garden is so ready. Um, just cause I think, uh, I mean, I don't know for sure, but I feel like the plants may have been just a little lonely as well. Um, there's plenty of growing, um, uh, vegetables and, you know, the kiwis on the arbors, they're like always there and you know, a lot of those perennial plants, maybe they get kind of like lost a little bit because they are always growing. I don't have to do much to them. I just make sure the water's still going and um, they just do their thing. And their um, kiwi itself is almost evergreen. It loses its leaves for about a month of the year and then all of a sudden it's growing again. And so I feel like the, the plants were always there. Um, it was very lonely in the garden uh, working because for a lot of the time it was just myself. And if I heard a door open, um, it was, you know, usually a staff member, you know, walking from one end of the building, you know, to the break room on the other side. And so I might be working out in the morning and I might only hear the doors open like once or twice when, and before COVID, I was used to, you know, people coming out in groups and hordes and like still continuing their, you know, hallway meetings into the, you know, pathways of the, gar of the garden. And, um, you know, I'd be able to strike up conversations about what's growing and just how people are doing and you know all of a sudden for COVID that wasn't there and so the idea of you know making sure that you know the, the space was open um, and kind of tidy enough in a certain area so that we could have um, uh, the musicians come in and play was very exciting. Um, I wasn't there during recording days but I you know I made sure that I was there before and after just to make sure the space was ready. Um, one of the first initial things that we talked about was like when could we get this started and um I when Jennifer and I were trying to figure out when you know that maybe that first weekend would be for either someone just to rehearse um I realized that or we talked together about the space and that the Kiwi Arbor was um maybe the best spot because 
you know, it w- there would be indirect light. It wouldn't be um, as so harsh for cameras and all of that. And I realized that we were talking about this in the first week of um, May. And that is usually right when the kiwi flowers open. And so that would be exciting that like all of a sudden there's this, be- this music under these um, beautifully first open flowers of the season. But uh, kiwi is pollinated by bees. So um, the moment those um, uh, kiwi flowers open, the kiwi arbor has its own buzz for about <laughs> five days straight. And like so much of a buzz That's that great. I was like, we, we'd have to make sure that we time this correctly because you're going to have, you know, the buzz of bees in your recordings because there are just so many, uh, let alone the idea of, you know, people sitting under, um, you know, an arbor full of uh, honeybees and uh, some people are comfortable with that and some people are not. <laughs> so I love the idea that we um, we started at that time but then also maybe had to, you know, be purposeful with our um, kind of actual starting of the sessions and recordings and rehearsals. And, you know, move that around uh, the bee and, and the, the actual nature and natu- natural happenings in the garden. I thought that was a really unique thing to worry about and then also, you know, incorporate in our planning. Right. As, you know, we we come towards the end of, of our time together, I, I would love to kind of wrap up with each of you thinking about and, and reflecting on, you know, what what your greatest hopes are for this series going out into the world. So, um, Nicole, why don't we stick with you and then we'll, we'll move to Jen. Sure. Um, I think this concert series was, um, a wonderful way to kind of reopen the garden space, you know, invite, um, folks back into, uh, our garden, as well as maybe reintroduce them to the f- fact that they could make music outside and kind of restart the um, performance aspects that have been um, kind of put on hold for COVID. And I love that our space was maybe one of those first chances for these specific artists, but then also um, for our listeners, for their ears to like hear you know, newly made music, you know, uh, kind of during COVID times, but also that, um, you know, we are opening up safely and we are um, kind of trying to restart our lives in whichever ways um, we can. And um, being that uh, listening to freshly made music or being the musician ourselves and being able to remake that with, um, you know, smaller groups than maybe what we did before, but at least we can restart that. Um, and I love the idea that it was kind of reopening, you know, the idea of having people back in the space. And I was able to hear back afterwards from artists that, you know, they did like being in the garden and they liked seeing whatever plant it was they noticed. Um, and I feel like working in the garden for myself, a lot of those conversations were, um, you know, extremely important and I missed them. Uh, when all of a sudden there was no one in the garden. And so I'm very excited about, um, you know, those interactions um, becoming, you know, coming back into the space and also back into my own personal uh, life. And I know there's, I feel like there's a little more excitement um, thinking about tomorrow and maybe in a few months 
and hopefully we all um, can continue, you know, becoming more active safely and kind of return back to our, our normal. Great. Thank you. And Jen, what about, what about you? Well, honestly, for me, it kind of checked three boxes that were all equally important. And one was just the bringing of the live music and bringing of the local artists. And we've all, I think, realized in a way that we never have before during the pandemic, just what kind of role togetherness and what kind of role live music and the arts actually plays. It's like they they say, you don't know what you have until it's gone, right? So to, to bring that back once we've known how much we miss it and how much we need it as humans was was very special in particular it's like 15 of my colleagues which is a which is a big number so um i think it had a, a great impact as for the listeners as mm. well as the professional artistic community and of course the conversations that we had were very important and very timely as it relates to diversity and equity and acceptance and all of those very important conversations that it's time to take a really hard look at. And then the third thing I think for me, which is so important and kind of like Nicole said in the beginning, I also am outside and gardening and tending to plants and hiking. And, you know, I find myself and my humanity again mm. out in nature and we, we get so stuck to our phones and our screens and, um, maybe not a great work-life balance. So to take it to the garden, I hope will remind people just to step outside and pay attention to the earth and, you know, take a minute of, of calm and in peace and just go outside and be with the life that's there. So those three things are just how lucky are we, right? That how I can lucky. say that all three of those things got accomplished. Yeah. Yeah. Was there anything else you would like to add? I think I shared some details about the garden. Um, I think maybe one that I missed was when I spoke about how we tried to meet a 2,000 pound annual produce weight as a goal. And during COVID, there were still students on Sac State campus and the Sac State happens to have a food pantry open um, for students and the need for food and the of like access to fresh food, I think probably increased during COVID. Farmers markets closed. Um, people were not feeling safe enough to go and so the need was still there, you know, regardless to whether I had volunteers or not. And so we were still able to make um, donations to the food pantry on campus. We did have to make some adjustments um, on where and who we donated to, but we were able to continue that, um, which was important and um, extremely, I guess, rewarding feels almost like the wrong word because I think it's rewarding to know that someone was getting the produce, but um, the need was still there, regardless to what was happening in the world. And um, so I'm glad that we were able to still meet that, um, that need. Yeah. And that's this other great full circle of like, you know, nourishing our bodies, nourishing our, our souls. Um, yeah. Beautiful. What about you, Jennifer? Um, I realized I at no point spoke of my own garden so that would be, I would be remiss if I didn't do that. Just that I also really, really love to garden. I have lots and lots of 
plants for fun and a, an herb garden that they like to cook out of. But how you said that the plants respond to music. I have quite a few house plants as well. Maybe probably probably 50, honestly. But I have a my grand piano in my living room and there's plants all around it. Some hanging, some large, some small. And my students and my colleagues come in and they always comment how very vibrant the plants look. And without fail, they say it's because they're close to the piano. So I think that's just a beautiful point that you made. And there's something um, about when Nicole early in the conversation was describing the shape of the building and the curve and how the, the garden has sort of completed the circle of the building. And there's Something for me about like a completion or a, a full circle, of course, we are always going around this circle, but a full circle of, you know, especially if you come from a Abrahamic Christian tradition that uh, we, we lost something in a garden to have this sort of healing and, you know, integrating in a garden. Mm. Um, there's something very beautifully redeeming and fertile about that mm. that I like. Mm-hmm. Jen Reason and Nicole McDavid, it has been such a pleasure to speak with you and to share your voices uh, of this very special place uh, out into the gardening world. And I hope everybody tunes in and listens to each of these concerts because having it in their head that it's taking place outside in a beautiful little publicly available garden is just magical to me. So thank you for bringing it to the world. Thank you for having us. Yes, thank you very much. Jennifer Reason is a musician and the classical music host and summer concert series director at CAP Radio at Sac State in Sacramento, California. Nicole McDavid is the garden coordinator there for the CAP Radio Garden at Sac State. CAP Radio operates in one of the most fertile agricultural regions in the world, and yet their broader community, like many broader communities, faces substantial food access and sustainability challenges. Through their Food and Sustainability Initiative, the CAP Radio Newsroom covers the critical challenges facing the global food system and explores food as the basis of culture, connection, health, and community. The CAP Radio Garden is an extension of their storytelling initiative, and it provides a gathering space for community members, policymakers, educators, and students. Through hands-on activities, lectures, and dialogues, and now the summer concert series, CAP Radio furthers public awareness around multi-dimensional issues, including food, environment, diversity, inclusion, health, and community. Listen in next week when we continue to explore garden matters of both heart and art in conversation with American photographer, designer, writer, and Vickers wife, Kristen Peers. Kristen divides her time and talents between London and Florida. Join us. Cultivating Place is a co-production of North State Public Radio. Cultivating Place is made possible by listeners just like you at cultivatingplace.com and by support from the American Horticultural Society.
To read more and see many images of the inspiring Cap Radio Garden at Sac State, as well as images from the summer concert series Cradled There, head to this week's show notes under the podcast tab at cultivatingplace.com. The Cultivating Place team includes producer and engineer Matt Fiddler and producer and development director Sarah Bohannon. We're based on the traditional and present homelands of the Machupta Indian tribe of the Chico Rancheria. Original theme music is by Ma Muse, accompanied by Joe Craven and Sam Bevan. Cultivating Place is distributed nationally by PRX, Public Radio Exchange. Until next week, Enjoy the cultivation of your place. I'm Jennifer Jewell.